And today on That's Classic, it's going to be another great one. I know that's what I always say, but it's true. Um, without a doubt, uh, we have somebody that is very iconic. If I've if I've ever ever heard of anyone that I've interviewed, this is uh, today we we have John Provost on from Lassie, uh, and uh, he played Timmy on on the Lassie show. I mean, pretty incredible. Uh, thanks thanks a bunch for being on, John. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Oh heck yeah! I'm thrilled thrilled to have you on. Um, and just so that everybody that is listening out there, once again, if you go to www.youtube.com slash that's classic TV, you can see this interview and uh, see John in all his glory and the fact that we have matching shirts on. So there you go. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in the air. It's in the air. Exactly. We've been having devastating rains and stuff up here. But it's a beautiful blue sky, so I think that's what. And blue's my favorite color, so hey, we're good to go. John, you know what's funny is, well, first of all, my name's John. Your name's yes. John. Blue is my favorite color as well, which is ironic. So, uh, okay. I kind of, yeah, I kind of have to say that's great. Yeah, that's right. You are right in uh, where all the rains come. So I'm glad that you're actually here and able to do the interview. Oh yeah, well, thank you. Well, we're on high ground, so we're okay. Okay. Very cool. When you were on the Lassie show, did you realize, you know, I've talked to a lot of different uh, celebrities and they, at the time they were like, look, we went to work, a day ended, went home, you know, I was with my family, we went back. Did you realize just how big Lassie was? We didn't have a clue. Um, you know, it, it, it's like you said, it, it, it's so true. It's, you know, we treated it like that's what I did. You know, my, my brother and sister got up every morning and they went to school. My father went to work. Mom and I went to the studio mm -hmm. and television. Um, but no, we did, you know, and we were black and white. Um, we had not a clue that people would still be watching the show now, what, 55 years later plus? In, right. over, 50, in over 50 countries, we're still in reruns on the U.S., uh, we're on a, a, a dozen different uh, cable networks, you know, Antenna TV, Retro TV, oh you God. name um, And sometimes it's on at three in the morning. <laughs> right. so you can't beat it. <laughs> so what um, was this also uh, pre-residuals? Like I talked to Pat Priest from the Munsters and she said, look, we're on everywhere and I love it. But it was right before, you know, they did the residuals. Is that true in your case? Uh, John, I have not gotten a Lassie residual in over 55 years. Wow. We, uh, yeah, we, in our contracts, it was for U.S. distribution only. The next year, we were in 128 countries. Oh Didn't do that. Um, the, as far as residuals went, we were given um, three residuals. They could show it three times, and we got paid for those first three. But then after, and that was gone the first, you know, month after the show was over. Wow. And so then for years and years, you know, they can just show them. But you know how that all really happened? Ronald Reagan, before he became president of the United States, was president of Screen Actors Guild. Correct. When he was my president, and I've been a member, I'm still a paying member uh, since 1957. I think I'm probably one of the oldest paying members of SAG. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it came across his desk, the question of residuals, that you know, newer shows were getting residuals in perpetuity. But right. our older shows, you know, we were limited. So 
it was on his desk and he drew a red line in the sand. And what he said was any shows made prior to 1965, you got nothing. Uh. Any TV series made after 65, you got paid residuals in perpetuity. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your great-great-grandchildren would be getting residuals. That Well, your residuals. Oh. So I don't know why he sold this out because, he, you know, I mean, he must have known a lot of people that had series that were in series before 65. So or it might have been 64, 64, 65. Mm -hmm. So that's how that happened. And, you know, there's it, it's OK because that's the way it was, you know, I yep. mean, so we, we just accepted as it was. Now, the other funny thing is, you know, movies that I did uh, after Lassie and before Lassie and some other television, I yep. do get residuals for some of those. As a matter of fact, um, I just got a residual recently from Paramount for a movie I did with Natalie Wood, Robert Redford, Charlie Bronson, uh, Mary Badham, you know, Scout. This from property is condemned? Yes, this property is condemned. Yep. I residual, um, it was early last year, one cent. <laughs> Two penny. And I, I have a bunch of residual checks, you know, that for $2 and you know, whatever. But um, I've never gotten, I've never gotten one for a penny. It's like, Come on, guys. Why? Oh, my gosh. That is crazy. Look, I want to talk about Lassie, but you can't throw me this property is condemned with that level of cast and not talk about it. I mean, come on. What? What? And by the way, so Robert Redford, I, I believe, and I could be wrong, but that was definitely one of his first, right? I believe it was his second film. Mm. Um, and the, the story was, you know, at the time, um, Natalie Wood was a super superstar, oh, and yeah. so could pick who she wanted to work with. And my understanding is she picked Robert Redford for that part. Um, she had, and you know, but no, it was uh, and and Sidney Pollack was the director. Oh my gosh! And, yes, and I believe it was his uh, first direct uh, motion picture direction. Wow! So yeah, it was and. Um, oh yeah, no, it was a great cast, and and um, we spent uh, months down in um, uh, at Bay St. Louis and Mississippi, and and in Alabama filming uh, the the movie. But yeah, it was great. It was a, a great cast and a great story. And how was? I mean, you know, the obvious questions here, but what was it like working with Natalie Wood? I mean, you were not. I mean, you were a kid, but you weren't I, a kid. You were hey. old enough. I was 14 and she was a beautiful woman and, and small, you know, I mean, she was like my size, yep. but she was, you know, a, a little bit older, but Oh, of course, you know, enamored by her. She was, she was beautiful. But the, the funny thing is um, Charlie Bronson. Uh, he oh. played, he always plays the bad guy, right? Yeah. So he played the bad guy, but, and I, I don't know if I'd ever worked with a quote method actor, mm -hmm. but Charlie, was a method actor so he was that bad guy 24 oh. on the set and off the set 24 7 he was the bad guy and he scared mary and i mary Badham. mary was i think 12 or 13 scout and yeah and he just we 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 stayed away from him you know wow uh, 
he was he was not a lot of fun but and robert blake he was you know robert was, blake was in that yeah. god that no it's a great cast great cast what well, how old like how old would robert blake have been been, been around that time that, good question i don't really yeah. know yeah Oh yeah. wow! I didn't. I didn't put. I I knew the other cast. I guess I didn't put together Robert Blake. Um, and so were you? You know, yes, she was beautiful. But was it when you were? I, I don't know if you were in direct scenes with Natalie Wood or Robert Redford. But when you were on set or whatever, was it pretty? You know, some people say they've got a star quality. Did you? Did you see that? Did you go? Wow, this is acting. Well, sure, but you know. I've always been asked over the years, you know, who was my favorite actor? Who did I look up to? I started when I was not quite three years old, my first right. movie, um, So Big. And then the second movie, Country Girl, Bing Crosby, Grace Kelly. And, you know, I worked with great people. But I grew up on the soundstage. And when I went to the makeup room in the morning, you know, June Lockhart would come in in rollers, you know, from, from home. Yeah. Or, or not, same with Natalie. I mean, just everybody, you know, we were, they were just people. Mm -hmm. And so I saw them as people like me. And yeah. they, they were doing their job like I was doing my job. So we were kind of like equals, even mm -hmm. though we, but, you know, of course there were certain people that, are, you know, um, Clayton Moore. The Lone Ranger, he did a Lassie episode. Well, come on, any little seven-year-old kid, and here's the Lone Ranger. Hey, uh, you know, that's that's a that's a different story. But um you, you know, it, it's it's really strange. I mean, I did admire people and stuff, but I just considered them like we were equals. Did were they um which we'll go back to Clayton Moore, by the way, as well. I'm sure all the Lassie people are like, hey, wait a minute, where's the Lassie stuff? But this is really interesting. So when you were with Natalie Woodoff set or Robert Redford, what were they like as people? Because some people go on and they get on that screen and they're somebody, but they walk off and they're they're not very approachable. What were these people like? Uh, everybody, like I said, the only one that really wasn't approachable um, was Charlie. But yeah. no else was not you know of course natalie being the star you know she didn't hang around with us i mean she was you know she'd go to her dressing room and you know things like that but um no everybody was approachable back and it was the time john things were different you know this was 1964 yeah and and we didn't have you know the paparazzi we didn't have all that crazy stuff going on and so it was like family, you know, people, it was like, we were all working together. We all knew what we did. And, um, it, you know, it was just, it was more like a family thing. It wasn't like, you know, going to work and, you know, shut up and sit down. You know, it wasn't yeah. quite like. How wonderful. So let's, yeah, let's just, uh, let's put that out there on, on Clayton Moore and Lassie. I, I can imagine. I mean, I know he is, he is the Lone Ranger. It's like, I'm sorry, he's it. So what was that like for you? Yeah. You're on set going, that's the Lone Ranger. Oh, yeah. Well, the thing was, too, I mentioned earlier, I would go to work in the morning and June Lockhart would come in, you know, like, you know, she didn't care what she looked like when she got to work. Yeah. But an hour and a half in the makeup room, you know, she was a goddess when she came out. Yeah. But um, Clayton Moore never, well, okay, he was the Lone Ranger, oh, period. Yeah. Right up he to his death, it, he was the he Lone lived, Ranger. 
Yes, he and and he he respected that. Mm-hmm. He never let me see him out of costume. <gasps> he was always the Lone Ranger. And on the very last day, it took us three and a half days to shoot one half hour. Wow. The last day of the shoot, um, he was leaving or, or I was leaving and he was still in costume. And he called me over and he said, John, you know, it was really nice working with you and Lassie and I enjoyed this. Um, he said, I want to give you something. And he reached into his holster and pulled out a silver bullet and gave me a silver bullet. So. Oh my gosh, yeah. you literally There's, must have like, well, wanted to pass out. But like everything else, you know, it's what I did every day, you know, stuff comes in, stuff goes out. And I ended up giving my silver bullet away to, to you know, a friend of mine, you know, for his birthday or something. And I, truthfully, I don't remember exactly what it was, <laughs> but, you know, it was just like, oh, yeah, I got this when I was on, you know, here but but then years years later probably 30 40 years later um a fan knew that story and somehow they had gotten a, a silver bullet um back in the day and they they gifted that to me so i still have my silver bullet <laughs> that is so cool oh my gosh i love that okay yeah. let's go back to the start of uh lassie and i and i know you've probably told this a million times but i am intrigued so I hear your mother is this big fan of Jane Wyman. So she gets you this audition. But I, what, first of all, what was that like? Like, were you going, God, I want to be an actor? Or, I mean, you're like, are, what are you four? I, I can't, I'm trying no, to remember. No, I, was, I wasn't even three years old. Wow. The, you know, the business, most people get into the business because um, they know somebody, you know, or, or whatever. Well, my parents were not show business people. Mm-hmm. They were, from the south my father was from alabama my mom was from texas and they hollywood in the uh, 1940s got married but my father was an aeronautical engineer Hmm. and there was a seamstress when they got married um after they got married she had uh, my brother and now she became a housewife so now she has three kids and she's, we don't even live in Hollywood. We live in Pasadena. Dad's working for um, Convair designing airplanes. And um, she reads an ad in the LA Times that Warner Brothers is looking for a two to three-year-old blonde boy to be in this movie that's starring Jane Wyman. Wow. Well, mom growing up on the farm in uh, uh, Texas, uh, her idol was Jane Wyman. So she thought, if she took me on this audition, she was going to meet Jane Wyman and get her autograph. Oh, my that gosh. Only reason she took me. And my father said, oh, you're, you're, you're crazy. You know, you don't want to do this. And she said, yes, I do. I want to get Jane Wyman's autograph. So long story short, takes me to Warner Brothers. There's over 200 little boys and some little girls who moms cut their hair, you know. Wow. I ended up getting the job and then and I didn't even have you know an agent or anything like I said like they weren't in the business they didn't know oh my gosh yeah we're sitting there and this um woman comes over to my mother and says you know I think your son is gonna get this job and mom said well that's great but when do I get to meet Jane Wyman that's (laughs) her autograph she said don't worry about it she goes but what we need to know is who is your agent Wow. 
oh no, we own a home. My, my husband bought a home. We don't need an agent. She goes, no, 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 ma'am. You don't understand. Not a real estate agent, but a theatrical agent to represent your son. Oh, wow. And I don't even know what one of those looks like. Um, and I wouldn't even know where to find one. And the woman steps back and she says, well, my name is Lola Moore and I'm the number one child agent in Hollywood. And no. I, I, I would like to represent your son. And mom says, well, do we have to pay you? And she said, oh, no, no. I'll just take 10% of whatever your son makes. Mom said, that's great. But when do I get my autograph? So mom got her autograph. I got an agent. And that's how it all started. Wow, that's wild. Now, yeah. I read this, and, and I don't necessarily think it's whatever. I'm just curious. It said that your mom, they actually paid a, a salary to uh, to be on the movie. Is that true or not? You know, unfortunately, <laughs> not with us. Um, I I really don't know. I don't know if they, they may have get paid her to, to be um, a guardian or something. Mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. I don't that's a great question, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting when I read that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the other thing too is, so you're you're on Lassie, and uh, obviously you you came in off of uh, was it Tommy Reddick? Was that who? Yeah. The 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 show started in '54, um, uh, and Tommy did the show for three years, but he was 17 years old. Yeah, you know, he was. He wanted out, mm -hmm. and. So why they were looking for a new kid to replace Tommy. Did you stay close with Tommy through the years or, or, or not? Well, yes. Um, when we were filming, cause Tommy was 10 years older. Right. You know, and I'm seven and he doesn't want anything to do with this little seven year old. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. I get yeah. that. Um, but years later, as we became adults, yeah, every time I was in LA or something, I'd call him up, you know, for, let's get together for dinner and, and Tommy was a great guy. I'm still in touch with his children. Um, wow. Yeah, and it, very unfortunate, you know, that he passed away so young. Uh, and a brilliant guy, really smart guy. Wow. Did You know, I found it very interesting. I felt like he had left the show. Obviously, you're right. He kind of felt like he had gotten older. And then you, after seven seasons, you kind of, in essence, kind of do the same thing. You got it. Yep. I had a seven-year contract with a three-year option. Seven years was coming to an end. We were still in the top 10. <clears throat> and um, the Rather Corporation, they wanted to go on for three more years. But the option was ours, was mine. So wow. my parents, you can make this decision. Do you want to be Timmy for three more years or not? I'm 14. I'm, you know, the hormones are kicking in. Girls mm -hmm. are starting to look a little bit different than they did when I, two years ago. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and I was tired of, of doing Lassie I was tired of being Timmy everybody thought I was called me Timmy and no I'm growing up I'm, I'm you know becoming a, a, a young man now so mm -hmm. yeah, I wrote my pink slip for Lassie and I still I wanted to work um, I did some other TV stuff a little uh, you know like Mr. Ed stuff like that yeah, you were and like then, the was it the paper boy is that what yeah. it was yeah and I don't want to burst people's you know bubbles but Ed didn't really talk. <laughs> did, well, actually, you know, how did, you know, I never really thought about that because I watched Mr. Ed. So when you were on the show, 
are is there somebody off stage reading the lines like as the horse or what's going on there oh sure and 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 the way they made ed talk a lot of people thought you know like with the dog you put peanut butter on the top of their mouth and they just they go crazy yeah um well everybody was trying to, you know, how do they make ed talk well his trainer would put a little piece of fishing line under his uh top lip and you couldn't see it and he'd just tug on it and it would make his lip go up and that made him talk so wow is that yeah. interesting hey just you know one of the little insights yeah what and what about uh, alan young working with him alan was great and he had a I, you know i had a really great relationship with the three different lassies that i worked with in seven years he had a, a very close relationship with ed as a matter of fact every day before work he would meet ed at his stable which was um out in the san fernando valley mm -hmm. and they would ride he would ride ed every morning before work Okay, that is one of the most special moments I've heard of. Yeah, and that's so cool. Oh, wow, is that neat to hear. I love that story. Um, So did you, you know, recently, I, well, first of all, tell me this. Were there a lot of child actors around at that time that you, you know, kind of bonded with from the standpoint that you're all, you know, like, wasn't Bill Bill Mooney, uh at that time? And yeah. Sure. Well, well, okay. On Desi, we filmed at Desilu Studios, which was the old RKO. Mm -hmm. um, my three sons on that lot. So we were at one end, they were down at the other. So, you know, Stan and Barry Livingston from that show, but all of us, I mean, Jay North from Dennis the Menace and, and Jeannie Russell and, you know, a little bit older, Paul Peterson and, you know, Tony Dow and all these people from all the different shows. Um, we were all working at the same time and we would see each other at all kinds of different events. Um, mm -hmm. you know, bring all the kids out. And um, I'm still in touch with so many of, of the kids. I mean, like Jay North, we kind of grew up together, you know, Dennis. And, um, you know, love Jay. We've been in touch and, and just, I mean, dozens and dozens of, of kids. Unfortunately, you know, we're getting up there in age. And I so know losing people but um we were kind of like a a fraternity you know yeah so you may not see each other you know for months or a year but when you do it's like you immediately have this bond this camaraderie um because we were all there we all did it we all you know had our bumps and bruises and so we can all relate to each other Wow, that is so special. I love, I love, I I just love hearing that. And you know, I saw. It's funny. I saw a photo, and I I believe you were in that photo with all the child actors at uh, Tony's funeral. Um, yeah, was that? Um, I mean, it was it was kind of a, it was kind of a really cool photo, and it, it kind of also tugged at my heart, to be honest with you. I when I saw that, what was that like for you to kind of like you know, because you were both in that uh, plain patty. Am I correct on that? That was that a film that you had done together? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it was a, a celebration of Tony's life. Mm -hmm. um, it was, you know, super, super guy. Um, very, I never heard him say a disparaging word about anybody. You know, he was that kind of a guy. And it's just, you know, it's great that we all can come come together because, you know, like I said, we, we all grew up to, uh, the viewers out there grew up with us on TV, but we all grew up together, so. 
Wow. Wow. That's, re that's really, that's really kind of cool. Did, did you, by the way, did, you know, you mentioned a couple times we were out here or whatever. So did you shoot on a soundstage primarily, or were you on location most of the time? 50, 50, um, the house, the barn and a small barnyard and uh, actually, uh, and a small little forest were all uh, on a soundstage. Um, but we filmed 50% on location, <clears throat> which would be all, you know, the San Fernando Valley basically. Oh, I because got you. Back in the day, I mean, there was, you know, farms and ranches. As a matter of fact, um, Red Weatherwax, the owner of Lassie, he had a 60-acre ranch out in Canyon Country, which is um, out by Valencia, mm -hmm. out there where Magic Mountain is. There was nothing out there when, when we were filming the shows. And so uh, Red had this ranch. And a lot of times on Friday after work, I'd jump in his station wagon with Lassie and Lassie's double and drive out and spend the weekend at the ranch. And it was good for me because I was getting, you know, get out of the city just to go and relax. And he had a pond and I could fish and stuff. And, uh, but it was also a great way for me to bond and Lassie and I to bond together. And so I think, you know, they had, there were there were two reasons that I was allowed to do that. One because it was good for me just to get out and be a kid, uh, and the other was for me and Lassie to bond. And and you know I loved the dogs; they were great. Did you, by the way, have you ever owned a collie yourself? As a matter of fact, uh, started the show when I was seven, a little kid. Little kids can be crazy with big dogs. So Red Weatherwax, he said, "Look," he said, "If you don't bug Lassie this first year, you know, don't." pull his tail, don't ride him, don't, you know, sit on him, whatever. He said, for your eighth birthday, I'll give you a Lassie puppy. Come so, on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I did everything I could that year, that first year, not to, you know, to, to do things with Lassie I wasn't supposed to. And for my birthday, I was given a Lassie puppy. Uh, he was a male, and I named him Rudd after Rudd Weatherwax, the owner. But that was the only collie I've ever owned. Always had dogs. Always had dogs. I mean, that is such a cool story. So, by the way, you know, Red Weatherwax, and maybe it's just the name, but he's famous in his own right just because of all this. You know, what what was he like as as uh, I guess as a man? You said you went, you'd go out there on the weekends. That's that's pretty cool. I mean, it's like you're living the life. You know. Um, yeah. No, Red was Red was super. Red was a tough guy. Um, now, personally. I never knew my grandfathers. They had passed. My grandmother's story. So Rudd kind of became my surrogate grandfather. And he watched over me on the set like he watched over his dogs. And um, Rudd, like I said, you know, Rudd was a great guy. He was a tough guy. You know, he had rough edges. But he was a brilliant dog trainer. I learned so much from him um, about dogs about training the main thing i learned from him was, was respect for the animals respect for the dogs we worked with every kind of animal on lassie you name it we worked with it wow and uh, trainers that were horrible and you know would you know, be very cruel to their animals whatever but not right and he his whole training method was reward and praise and treats you know i mean praise the dog when they do things and and lassie was always given a treat um after every shot and a lot of times i would eat the treats because they were good 
Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just real meat. His wife would boil a roast every night and they would cut it up in pieces of meat. So he'd be giving it to Lassie all day long and it was good. So I ate it too. But uh, wow. you know, Red, Red was great. One thing too, everybody remembers Red Weatherwax because of Lassie. But Rudd had some other really famous dogs also. One, you ever heard of this show by the, I think it's called The Wizard of Oz. Oh, and come they, on. And they had a little dog in there called Toto. Well, that was one of Rudd's dogs. Um, really? Yep. Old Yeller. Oh, Old yeah. Yeller. Old Yeller was actually a, a rescue dog. Um, back in the day, we called shelters pounds. And Rudd would visit all the local pounds in the San Fernando Valley. And if he saw a dog, he said, okay, I want that dog. Well, that's how he found Old Yeller. Oh, wow. That is so cool. Another one of his dogs was um, Asta, uh, a wire hair terrier. The from Thin Man. The Thin Man from the movies and the TV series. Those were weatherwax dogs. So, you know, he, he had all kinds of stuff going on. But Lassie was his favorite and his most long running because you know, he started with Lassie and uh, Lassie Come Home, 1944, with Elizabeth Taylor and Roddy McDowell. Oh, yeah. That first dog, and that's, his name was Pal. I knew Pal. Pal only made movies. He made, I think, five or six movies. Then they actually did live television before they, I mean, live radio before they did television. Live radio with a dog? There was a half hour Lassie radio program. Yes. And I have copies of it. Um, and Rudd Weatherwax would introduce the show and they would, you know, it was just like, you know, um, the Green Hornet or Batman or one of those radio shows. Yeah. And so, and then they started the series. Well, when they started the series, it was Pal's son, the, the second generation Lassie. And I knew him. I worked with him for my first year. Then his son took over. Oh, come on. He wasn't working out really well. So Rudd had to bring in that guy's son. They were all males and all, you know, direct descendants. So I worked with three, but the last one I worked with for five years. He was my favorite. I loved that dog. Um, we did everything together. We ate together. We slept together. I mean, he, I loved him. Wow. But if I told him to do something, John, he'd look at me and go, hey, you're my buddy, but you're not my trainer. Oh, and my gosh. He respond to what, you know, Rudd or one of his sons uh, or his other trainer would, would have them do. That's so interesting. You know, it's funny. You, you made me think of this in that moment when you said, look, he wouldn't do anything. I, I had Burt Ward on who, you know, course played robin well bird is very oh, yeah. involved yeah in the big dogs like i'm talking the big oh, guys. I know. Well, his gentle giants yeah you oh, know yeah. gentle giants yeah bird's been this for years and years great yeah. something he told me that made me think of what you just did is he said look if you look at these big dogs they look at you as an equal because you're on the same height as them the same level and i okay. look back to what you're talking about i'm thinking who knows maybe Lassie looked you kind of eye to eye and was like you're not that guy <laughs> <laughs> there you go there you go because yeah we really yeah last he was a big dog and i was a little kid so yeah it's oh. so interesting that that might have been it that's great no you know bert 
um, we go back because my brother actually went to high school with him before the series. Oh. And now here's a good one. And I'm sure you've never heard this before, but you know, a lot of the studios change people's names. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, hundreds of people, names have been changed, but luckily mine wasn't and uh, uh, others weren't. But Burt Ward's was. You want to know his real name? What was his real name? I don't think I do know that. Sparky Gervis. <laughs> I swear, Sparky Gervis. He went to high school with my brother. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a great one. Yeah. This is Robin. This is Sparky Gervis. No, no, no. Not going to work. <laughs> God, that's a funny story. That's a good one. I'm surprised I didn't see that. I love that Sparky. If I had known that, I would have said I would have called for Sparky just for fun. Back over the years, if I knew somebody was going to interview him, I'd say, "Hey, just call him Sparky and see what happens." Oh my God, he'd have busted a gut. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, so look, I understand that at times on the set, things got a bit dangerous for you. I mean, I I've heard that story about you and like the you know almost drowning and. I don't think most people that watch Lassie thought, oh, you know, he was really in danger. It really seriously sounds like you had a few we moments. Had a few incidences. You know, I mean, television was new and we we didn't have all the kind of special effects. We didn't have, you know, computers with CGI. They couldn't generate, you know, images and do all that. So it had to be real. It had to be you. Sometimes I would have a stand-in. But yeah, we were doing this one um, episode uh, where Lassie and I were on a river and got on a raft. It broke up. We were thrown into the water and blah, blah, long story. But um, when we did it, they couldn't uh, use doubles for me or Lassie because they really had to see us. And we didn't rehearse it. We couldn't rehearse it. Um, so it happened. And uh, unfortunately, um, when I hit the rapids, I hit a big rock. It knocked all the air out of me. And so I'm gasping, I'm coming up, I'm, but I'm doing exactly what I was supposed to be acting, but I wasn't acting, it was for real. Wow. Uh, luckily, um, one of the, uh, there was a stuntman on set and he saw what was happening and he jumped in the river and pulled me out, but then he ended up almost drowning. So, uh, I mean, you can you imagine them doing that to a star of a show today? No way. No, no way, but we didn't know, who knew? And you, you, things were new and and so when they said you know do this news that might be a little dangerous oh it's okay don't worry about it <laughs> wow were there any other moments that kind of you were like a little nervous like you know you, you know well yeah, I mean, yeah well i mentioned earlier you know we worked with every kind of animal we worked with um a couple times but once with this one chimpanzee um turns out he had had been rescued i guess you might say from a circus so he was and now he's working on you know tv shows and he was not a real happy camper and the last day of, of filming he was sitting on his stool with his trainer standing next to him and i was leaving going home and i just we'd worked together for three days and i just went over and you know put my hand on his head and said ah, see you later buddy and i'm like you know nine years old or something and he grabbed my hand, stuck <gasps> this thumb, my right thumb, in his mouth and started to gnaw it off. Oh, my God. And I'm screaming, blood's flying, and he jumps off his stool. Now he's running across the set and with my thumb, you know, and me 
trailing him. Oh my God, is that scary? So his his trainer, like I said, he was an old circus guy. Pulls he had a a gun that shot blanks. Pulled out his gun, shot it in the air a couple times, and that shocked the chimpanzee. So he let go of my my thumb, but I still have the scars to, to prove to show there. So you know, we did a lot of crazy things. But no, oh. laugh ever bit me, and I never fell in a well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that was the name of the book too. That, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I was curious about that too. So that's pretty crazy. I mean, I, if I, I, mean, yeah. I there were a lot of other little, you know, ancillary things. Well, okay. One, um, Stan Livingston, who played Chip on My Three Sons. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, there was this early scene when I was first started the show where I was supposed to be in a lake, and, in a lake, not a river this time, but in a lake and fell out of the, the rowboat and I'm, you know, drowning and calling for help. Well, I wasn't a good swimmer. Stan was. So he, they hired Stan Livingston to be my double in this lake scene. So he's out there and he jumped, that falls out of the boat into the water. Well, unbeknownst, and he was a champion swimmer. Yeah. Unbeknownst to him, the water was only a few feet deep and then it, then it was mud. So when he fell in, his feet got stuck in the mud and he, yeah. And he's down oh. trying to up and, you know, and so you never know. Oh my gosh. That's so wild. Well, two things, by the way, he's going to be on the show soon. He, unfortunately he had, he had uh, an injury and he is going to be on though. But uh, ironically, you're absolutely right. In fact, I had read uh, Barry had said that Stan was such a good swimmer that that's how he got his break. He was yeah. on like a bike at the bottom of a swimming pool. The guy was taking a photo and that photo, they saw his picture. I mean, bizarre, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's how they discover people. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So let's go back. Um, obviously we've mentioned June Lockhart a couple of times, but previous to June, we had Cloris Leachman, which yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. I, I still look at that and I go, Huh? Like, like Cloris, I mean, no offense to Cloris. I actually met her one time uh, myself. She was out there. She was. Cloris is, Cloris was crazy. Yeah. Lovely, but just a wacko, um, but a great lady. Great lady. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah, she was hired to be Ruth Martin on Lassie and she signed her contract, you know, for six years. And after a few months on set, she said, yeah, this isn't my cup of tea, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, she wasn't. She's more out there. And, and she literally said, you know, I am not baking cookies on this damn farm for the next six years. I want out. So they, you know, it doesn't work if somebody doesn't want to work. No. So, yeah. So they let her go. But unfortunately, they had to let the um, John Shepard, who was the my father on the show, the husband, they had to let him go too. Oh. One Sunday, it's Cloris Leachman and John Shepard as Paul and Ruth Martin. The next Sunday is June Lockhart and Hugh Riley. And the studio didn't even get one letter. Like, what happened? You changed the people. You know why? Because people didn't care about them. They cared about the kid and the dog. Yeah. That, that's what the show is about. So that happened, but yeah, it was uh, crazy. And um, I, I had known, you know, Cloris back then. And then years, many years later, um, met her again. And it's just, you know, great lady. But yeah, she wasn't, 
they they that was a big miscast. Oh, but they got June. I mean, June was perfect. You oh know, God, part and still and you know June is still with us. Ninety seven years old on June the the twenty fifth. She turned ninety seven. She's she's doing well. Yeah, yeah, that by the way, that's the other thing too. Well, one, I wanted her on the show like crazy, but she is at that age and she can't. And I totally respect that. But um, I understand that, yeah, you have stayed in touch with her through all these years. I mean, that's really oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. No, June, we we always have and never missed a birthday card or she never missed a Christmas card, you know. Great. And I always we always talked over the holidays and especially her birthday. Oh, that's so cool. I, I love hearing that. That is so cool. So then you go, I mean, there's a lot that happens in between there, but a couple of things. You do the um, the new Lassie. And mm -hmm. did they approach you on that? Like very early on, were you involved in it? Because obviously you're playing, oh, am I correct, a real estate agent in that one? Yeah, it was, well, I was a traveling um, a correspondent or something. It was, okay. it was, it was, it was crazy. Um, no, as a matter of fact, I heard through the grapevine that they were somebody somebody was going to be doing a new lassie tv show mm -hmm. a little research found out it was al burton at universal so i called up al and i said hey i understand you're going to be doing a new lassie show he goes who's this i said it's john provost timmy from the show and he goes oh well i just want to tell you first i'm not going to use anybody from the old show and i said okay that's fine but what about um background you know b behind the camera like writing consulting something like that hey i grew up with lassie you know i am lassie so yeah, and he duh. said hey because i like that idea he says why don't we meet for lunch so and i live up in northern california so it's you know 450 miles so i jump on a plane i fly down there yeah we have lunch and over a long lunch he says you know i think maybe there is a place for you in front of the camera wow okay he goes but you're not timmy grown up you're this other guy your name is steve mcculloch and i go what okay fine so yeah long story short um did the show it was great unfortunately it was a little bit too sitcom -y, not like you know lassie the last there was a reality to it yeah exactly and so the second year um alberton he because um bob weatherwax who was son, Rudd's son, he had Lassie, the, at that time was the eighth generation Lassie. And, and we went to Al and said, you know, Al, this is not working so great. And he said, okay, then you guys give me some ideas for some scripts, for some stories. So we did. And now he started using people that were in the show. He, Tommy Reddick did an episode, um, you know, and, Roddy McDowell, who was in Lassie Come Home, uh, 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 you know, and, and it was great, but we didn't get picked up after that. So, you know, it didn't work yeah. out, but doing it. Did, did, did it bring back, even though it was a different type of story, just being on that set with Lassie, did that kind of take you back? Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and working with, with the kids on the show, because I had niece and nephew. Uh, Wendy Cox and and Will Nipper um, on the show and uh, who actually Will he really went on he changed his name to Will Estes and he's been on True Bloods for I don't know ten years or something like that so oh no, my he, gosh and you ever heard of this kid by the name of uh, Leo DiCaprio or something like that 
he got his start on the new Lassie. Oh my God. Yep. He had his first. Unfortunately, that was an episode that I wasn't on. I did every other episode. So I never got to meet Leo. I wish I had. Maybe oh I my, oh my gosh. Oh, and so maybe maybe I've got a chance. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. I by the way, Roddy McDowell, I as a kid, I just always kind of idolized his old movies, you know. Uh going back to like uh what oh god, the one with WC Fields, a very famous one. I can't think of. Uh oh, I can't I'm trying to think. What was it? Great Expectations, or he was in Little Lord Font. Fon- I can't. No, that was Freddie Bartholomew. But he was in the. But Roddy McDowell. I always, even to the Planet of the Apes. What was that like for you, though? Because you're a child actor. He was a child actor. Did you guys get a chance offset to kind of, you know, talk a little? Yeah, that's really fun. We never talked about that about kids hmm. um, growing, working as a child on, in the in the industry. But um, he, what a great guy. I mean. The kindest, the nicest guy. I mean, he was wonderful and uh, an incredible photographer, still photographer, you know, 35 millimeter. He was excellent. But yeah, great guy. Really nice guy. Wow. He was probably a natural on the set. I mean, I imagine that's like, yeah, Yeah. no problem. What, you know, by the way, um, did did you, I had seen a a shot of you with Lucy Arnaz and I was just curious were you, uh, had you met her on the show? Were you at all close with her? Was that just at an event or what? Well, um, actually, you know, we, I, I never went to public school because I was working. So I always had to go to private school. And um, uh, for high school, went to the private school, uh, Rexford, and, uh, just outside of Beverly Hills. But a lot of the kids in, like, um, Dino Martin Jr., you know, Ricky Martin, a lot of kids that Lucy uh, Arnaz, a lot of a lot of kids from the business uh, and, or whose parents were in the business mm-hmm. were cool. Um, but no, we, we we knew each other. I think we dated once or twice, you know, but <laughs> and here's the funny thing. I never met her mother. Lucy, you know, Desi and Lucy owned the studio. Oh, totally. And, yeah. And actually, they, there was a couple different lots. Well, Lucy ran our lot, and that's where she was, and that's where they shot the the Lucy series and stuff. Um, and I would see her, you know, on the set. I mean, I was there for six years because the first year we were we were at a different studio, but never got to meet her. Never wow. Did. Yeah, saw her a bunch, and still watch her on TV. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh... You know, we were talking, Barry Barry was on the show. Barry Livingston was on the show. And he was saying that Lucy would buzz around in this golf cart. And he, yeah, she that's had, how he run into her. Yeah, she had this go- golf cart. And she was going around. And this is a real funny one. Um, yeah. Our stage, there were no restrooms on the stages. They were a different place on the lot. And unfortunately, the closest restroom was like about a city block from where our soundstage was. So when I would have to go, They'd shut, you know, production, whole production. And, and sometimes I would, you know, get distracted. And, you know, where's the kid? Oh, God, oh some good. go find him, go get him. And so the, I think it was the second year they gave me a miniature golf cart. Oh. So, that, so I could make it to the restroom and back faster so I could work. But, um, yeah, that was, the, you know, they said, hey, we'll give him one like Lucy. So oh, I had my a, God. <laughs> it was great. I was a terror, though. Every once in a while, you know, I'd 
get too close to a production car or something like that. And then they'd, somebody called the studio. You better watch that kid. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. I, I actually spent a little time on that set myself, but it was more in like the early nineties. I actually know those distances you're talking about. And that would have been nice to have a golf cart. So yeah, exactly. Oh, that's too funny. So, okay. So you leave, uh, you leave Lassie, um, you've done, um, you do this property is condemned, but then you go on and you, you get a chance to work with somebody that I've always, always admired Kurt Russell in, um, computer war tennis shoes. How did that come about that you ended up getting that film? Well, you know, I was out there, I had an agent. I just, um, uh, finished a movie in the Philippines, <clears throat> excuse me, called The Secret of the Sacred Forest, uh, which nobody has ever seen. And it's, I mean, everybody's got to make a real dog. Well, no, I shouldn't say dog. A real bad, <laughs> a real bad movie. And that was Good my- fun. We're, we're talking about Lassie and you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. That's why I kind of clarified it. But you know, did this movie, um, with uh, uh, Gary Merrill, uh, it was his last movie. Did the Philippines, spent three months there. I was 17, had a ball, had a great time. Came back to the, to the States and got the part of Bradley in Computer War Tennis Shoes. So we're filming and it turns out that it's my birthday and Kurt Russell's. So he turned 17, I turned 18 on while we were filming. We're having lunch one day and I'm going, you know, Kurt, so I've been working for, I just turned 18 and I've been working for 15 years. Oh my God. Maybe I should take a break. And Kurt said, yeah, take a break. You should take a break. So I did. That's, that's when I wrote my pink slip again. And, um, you know, pretty much just left the industry, went away to college, moved up to Northern California. Um, after college, got into real estate, uh, business and then, um, you know, did the new Lassie series and, and in between, you know, a lot of the talk shows and I've done some, you know, voiceover work for cartoons. And, and as a matter of fact, I, I am my, I've done, I just did my very first sci-fi. Um, oh, really? I am the voice of a robot in a new uh, sci-fi movie called Colonials uh, that's coming out this year. And uh, yeah, it's like, He's a, a floating robot, kind of like you remember um, Castaway, sure with Hank's head. Yeah, uh, the ball. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I, I'm like Wilson, you know. I'm like a wow. floating Wilson, and but you know, it's my voice, and and yeah, it's a cool movie. So finally, yay! After Lassie, June got lost in space. <laughs> I, I'm gonna go find her. I'm, I'm out there in the universe somewhere. I'm gonna find June. Did <laughs> I love it? Did you, um, by the way, so on Computer War Tennis Shoes, I realized you, you made the decision to, to leave. What was that like, though? I'm, I'm imagining that was shot on the Disney lot. I, I think, uh, in fact, I think another, well, who happens to also be a friend, Ronnie Shell, I think he was in that as the- uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, all the, all the, the, the you know, Joe Flynn. I mean, just all, all the Disney people. And it was yeah. great. It was the only Disney thing I'd ever done. I'd never been involved with Disney before. Um, it was great. It was a lot of fun. But I really made a bad decision when I, you know, I said, okay, I'm, this is it. I'm going to take a break. Mm-hmm. Well, they actually, the computer was the first of three. So I would have been in two more computer movies 
as Bradley because he was a you know one of the minor characters, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know definitely one of the group. And so I would have done three, two more movies there, but um, yeah, that was yeah, it's okay. Yeah, no, I get it. It would have been to... fun. Like I said, I had a great time and working with Kurt and a bunch of the other guys uh, was was so much fun because you know it was they were like they were my peers. They were we were the same age and we were growing up. It was different than you know Lassie. Right. So. Do you have did you have any regrets, by the way, of uh, when you did leave Lassie? Do you ever look back? I mean, is that ever, do you ever think I, I wish I stuck around longer or any of that? No, no. It, it was time. It was everything just fit. You know, it's like the same mm -hmm. thing like happened with Tommy. No, it was time to move on and to do something different. I do think that the um, the production company, the, the Rathers made a bad decision by getting rid of the family. See, that's when they, there was no, there, Lassie was always with a family. A kid could have been a little girl. Right. Be a boy. Right. Um, you know, I could have given Lassie, they had us, you know, move to Australia and we couldn't take Lassie with us, blah, blah, blah. And then Lassie, you know, ends up with the forest ranger, which didn't, <laughs> didn't quite make a lot of sense to me. It's a dog and a kid. So, I think they made a mistake there. Now, whether they were doing it because for, you know, budget, who knows? But, uh, you know, I think the real thing with Lassie is Lassie and a kid. Well, it is. It's Lassie and a kid in that sense of family. I mean, that, that I think that's why this show is still on the air. I mean, I can't tell you how many people write to me and say, this is what it was about, you know? Um, so that's, that's interesting. Did, um, by the way, did you go through like a teen idol stage? You know, that kind of like that. I, I don't lack of a better word from that time was like, you know, Tiger Beat and, you know. There you, oh, yeah. yeah. All of those teen magazines, all of them. Yes. You know, they well, they did it with all of us. You know, yeah. the kids that grew up and became teenagers because, yeah, it was a big deal. And um, it was kind of like a, a teen idol. And of course, they always tried to, to get you to cut a record, you know, and so I had a yeah. meeting had a meeting at Capitol Records in Hollywood with one of the big shots. What? Did an audition. And you know, I'm sorry. I love music, but I can't dance and I can't sing. Now, I did one last episode where a Christmas show where I sang Silent Night and I did a really good job, but I, that was the only time. Oh, my I, gosh. It just wasn't. I'm not the musical guy. You know, that's that's the way it is okay you can't do it all right right just the fact that you got the opportunity though how cool is that you know yeah what 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 about um speaking of that it's hard to avoid the uh another one i mean i looked all all through your stuff the fact that you were with davy jones who i have been to be a huge monkeys fan how did that come about that you became buds with him i mean you know that's wild yeah i I don't really remember, you know, how we met. I know we there was a photographer that um, was a big, big photographer in, in L.A. And he did a lot of the shoots for um, a lot of the teen magazines and stuff. We may have met that way. Mm. But um, yeah, no, he was I think one thing that brought us together, we were both real short guys. You know, yeah. We, yeah. And and because, you know, Davey was a few years older, but one of the nicest guys. And, um, you know, Lori and I, my wife, we, we met him uh, a, a few years ago in, at, at uh, a, 
an event in, in New Jersey, Chiller. And it was the last time that we saw him before he passed. But what a super guy. What a great guy. That's pretty cool. You know, I want to actually flip back as, as you were talking. I was just thinking about your mom when you were um, now I get the Jane Wyman thing, but you were in these, you know, the, the films um, back from eternity with Rod Steiger. We're talking about, as you said, a uh, country girl, you're talking about Bing Crosby, Grace Kelly. Was your mom, obviously you're a little kid. She had to be there. Was that just like mind boggling for her? I mean, that's oh, she a loved, big deal. Oh, she just loved it. She loved it. And um you know, mom, mom was great. She fit right in. You know, she didn't understand something she learned. One, one, one thing she had to learn pretty quickly was, um, you know, if she saw something, she would, she'd say something about it. Like, well, I don't think that's good for him to do this or whatever. And she'd go up to the director and say, are you sure you were going to have my son do that? And somebody finds it, ma'am, do not go up to the director and tell him what to do. This is not what, you know, he'll tell you, okay, get rid of that kid. That kid's out of here, you know. <laughs> so my mom learned, but no, she, you know, she was great. And she was with me 90% of the time. And when she wasn't, she had a, we had a little, a little old lady, like a, a little grandma lady, um, Mrs. Olson, who would watch me. But, you know, they all, they always had the school teacher on the set, social workers, and, you know, people to make sure everything was, was up and up. Wow, that is pretty cool. Hey, this is this has got to be something that most people just never get the opportunity to do. Even even your fellow actors, um, your shirt and jeans were uh, are in the Smithsonian Institution. I mean, right. it doesn't get much more of an honor than that as an American. What what was that like for you? I mean, that's really well, crazy. That was that was really crazy. Now I got a letter years back um, from the Smithsonian saying they were doing an exhibit, um, television in America. And did I have anything to donate? I had nothing really. So I called mom and she said, well, I never told you this, but I have your whole outfit. Wow. So she sent me the outfit with the tennis shoes and the jeans and the shirt, the whole thing. And so, uh, send it off to the Smithsonian and you know, I had to sign a million documents that I never, never want it back. But when they opened the exhibit, they invited us out. So with family, we all went back to Washington. And when you first walked into the room, it was a, an old Sylvania um, television tube, and it was in a Lucite case. And I don't remember seeing one back in the day, but I know they made them, and it was gorgeous. But you saw that. Then next to it was Archie Bunker's chair, the Fonz's yellow, uh, the, his uh, leather jacket, and then Timmy's outfit. And that was, you know, so pretty iconic, you know, and I have no regrets. Oh, my God. Were you a bit choked up? I mean, that's a that's kind of a big deal. It was. No, it was super. Oh, wow. What an opportunity. Well, you know what? Um yeah, I I'll tell you that that uh, you you've been just terrific. I I, I don't want to keep you any longer, but uh, John, thank you so much. I mean, really, no, it's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure, and and we dress alike. And I just over my shoulder right there is a copy of my book, right there. Timmy's in the well, and we just it originally came out in two thousand eight. A lot has transpired in that time, and so. Um, we just updated the book with a new chapter and added some more photos and a lot of a lot of stuff. 
So uh, and it just came out and is available on Amazon and bookstores or my website, which is just johnprovost.com. And I do a lot of getting in to start doing a lot of the autograph shows, the comic cons, those kind of things again. So if people go to my website, they'll they'll see where I'm going to be if they want to come out and say hi and shake my hand or whatever. So that's so, fantastic. Yeah. And you're and of course, I mean, I don't. And, and by the way, on the other side of the coin, because I always give I give everyone that's on the show an opportunity to either talk about what they are doing, like you were saying, or charities they're involved in or anything like that um is there anything on that end of the, the spectrum that you is kind of dear to your heart well you know i mean i've all dogs you know always there and i've and i've raised lots of money for for shelters across the country and worked you know in lobbying and for for uh, dog pet laws things like that and um you know, mainly if, if somebody's, especially now because of with COVID and, and things that are happening uh, with the disasters, there's a lot of animals out there that need to be rescued. Um, that's what we do now. Our last uh, two dogs have been rescue dogs. Always had a dog, but I've always raised them from puppies and purebreds. But now it's the senior rescue because, you know, they need that last few years of their life to to be good and and so i i think that's it if, if somebody wants to do something nice and kind go and donate to your to your local rescues um not to the, the big nationwide ones but to your local ones fantastic and i by the way i i was going to say with your wife i'm sorry but prolific author extremely well respected um i don't know if she's still there by the way if she is terrific but i would like to also give the opportunity because she just had a book that just recently came out too on the beatles and yeah. i think it'd be good for the audience to know about that you would oh, no. she's going oh no <laughs> top of the mountain the the beatles at shea stadium it was the first um first concert outdoors in a big stadium in a ballpark stadium mm -hmm. the beatles it they earned more money that than anybody had earned in, at, at one event even elvis wow and, and they changed everything because now that's all we see is concerts they're all in big stadiums mm -hmm. but started out with the little teeny amplifiers out there i well i saw the beatles twice too i saw them at dodger stadium at the hollywood bowl and you couldn't hear anything i mean because wow. this the girls were just screaming, screaming, screaming. But no, she's got this. The book is excellent. Photos that have never, hundreds of photos that have never been seen before. And oh, wow. Yeah. So it's called Top of the Mountain and, and it's available uh, at her website or at, you know, Amazon and the bookstores, wherever. And what is her website? Is it, is it, uh, Specific? Do you know? Is it LaurieJacobson.com or something like that? Lori, yeah, LaurieJacobson.com. And let's see. I was trying to grab a map. I'm trying to. I thought I had a copy of the book here. No. It's all anyway. right. Yeah, and I see behind. Ironically, I just saw in the corner of your head it says the Beatles. So oh, it was yeah. like perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that was great. Um, and she co-authored your book. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well. When I, we did. Yeah. Timmy's in the well. Um, I had a lot of stories, but I'm dyslexic. And so writing doesn't work so great for me sometimes. But uh, yeah, no, we was really proud of the job we did. John, thank you so much. And please extend that to, to Lori as well. And um, 
really appreciate you. And who knows? Maybe I'll see you at one of these shows at some point. I know there's one coming up in uh, in L.A. soon. So who knows? Maybe you never you never know. You never uh, know. But uh, yeah, total pleasure. Check the website. <laughs> yeah, check the website. Exactly. That's right. Johnprovost.com. I got it. I got it. All right, John. Thank you very much. Appreciate you. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Thanks for coming, and uh, please check us out also on youtube.com slash thatsclassictv, where you can actually watch and see the celebrities that are on the show. Thanks again. Bye-bye.